The following podcast contains spoilers for The Rabbit Hole. Glenn, would you like to take a trip down the rabbit hole? No. This has nothing to do with The Matrix, so that's good. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Mangusto. Oh, I'm so excited every week to hear how you're going to say it this time. Yeah, I try to try to change it up, but this this time I dashed in a little bit of coco. A little coco. A little coco. A little co- cocoa or co- cacao. Cocoa. Coco. Chocolate. It's delicious. Miguel, I got a question to ask you, my What's friend. That? What's that? How are you doing? I'm good, but more importantly, how are you? <laughs> I'm feeling fantastic. I got some news, buddy. What? I got some news. What? And this isn't like the actual news segment, but mm. like, I'm back into work, which means theaters are reopening, dude. Yeah. Which means we can watch movies again. Yes. I plan Not on home. going there many times this coming week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is going to forget about me. I'm going to forget about my wife. And that's just the way it's going to happen. And then we can finally get married the way we wanted to be. Can you answer me this? Is your Regal Theater uh, getting Peninsula and IMAX? I have no idea what the lineup is yet. Okay. Um, So, so far, all I know is that we are for sure getting Tenet. Um, oh, yeah. I, I assume so. But I haven't looked too far into it. The crazy um, thing is they're still opening even though both New York, I'm I'm pretty sure New York at least, and California are New not New York, actually, I just passed an article that said they have no idea when they're going to reopen still. Yeah, so the fact that they're still open with the two biggest markets markets not open, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had to do something. They were yeah bleeding, but uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but with that in mind, what is what what movies have you watched this week? The so, last week of us being movie theaterless. <laughs> I only watched one actual movie, but I did watch a documentary and I watched our movie. So cool. uh, that documentary I was watching a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure you may or may not remember, was the uh, Undertaker: The Last Ride. There was like four more episodes that I never finished, and mm-hmm. I finished it this weekend with a buddy of mine. Uh, it was really good, man. Cool. His his whole career is. It was it was life changing for a lot of people, obviously himself. Oh yeah, because um, he he was like a he could have been like a professional basketball player, but he was like, nah, that full ride to college for basketball, forget about it. I'm the <laughs> Undertaker. Uh, it's it's just crazy to see that. But yeah, I finished that, and then I watched a movie called Project Power on Netflix, uh, which has Jamie Fox in it, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Dominic Fishback. There's, there's there's some people in here, but the most prominent were those three that I named. And uh, so this is basically that Netflix kind of air quotes superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Superhero being that it, they're not really superheroes. They're just given powers from a pill. So it's like it's like Limitless and Marvel met in some sort of way. Yeah. Or technically, I guess, DC. It's a little bit darker than Marvel. Um, and God, I'm not going to lie. There were some parts where I thought it was cool. But it was massively boring, and I've never seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt act so bad. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. It's 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 weird when, like, I it might have been his character, maybe his direction, but I've never. Uh, 
This is hurt to watch. In yeah, he's JGL form. He's kind of fallen off, and I don't know why. Like he, he just stopped getting cast in things. Yeah, it doesn't even matter how hard he tries. <laughs> okay, that's enough out of you. Yes, sir. <laughs> so that's all you watched. Uh, that is all I watched. All right. Well, I think you will be surprised, and this is not be being sarcastic at all. That other than Rabbit Hole, I only watched one movie. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. As I said last week, uh, it's the NHL playoffs. And what happens when the NHL playoffs are on is I fill a lot of my empty time watching playoff games. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I am like most people are with football, where if a hockey game is on, it doesn't matter who's playing. I will watch it. You're a obviously, dedicated fan and we love you. Yes. Obviously, I my favorite team's the Flyers, I, and they're doing real great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just like watching hockey. I like it on the background. It brings me comfort. So I only watched one movie, and that was... The Hunt, which for some of you who will remember, uh, was postponed last year because uh, I guess Republicans were all up in a fuss because it is about, uh, you know, Democrats hunting Republican mm-hmm. like radicals and, and, and whatnot, like Trump supporters and everything, which is true. But what they fail to realize is that the... Trump supporter Republican people are kind of the good guys in this. Yeah. So it's just completely baffling to me why they like it's it is bad to both sides. But if a movie is going to make one of your conspiracy theories true, why do you really care? Like, that's what the whole thing is. It's like this conspiracy theory that everyone thinks is a lie is actually true. And yeah, it's dumb. interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm just confused. Like, I'm not mad that they were upset yeah. about it, but I'm confused why they're upset about it. Like, it makes them look a lot better than literally every movie, while still pointing out their faults. Like, it doesn't let them off the hook completely. Mm-hmm. But they are the people you're rooting for the whole time. Yeah. So I'm I'm just confused. Hmm. I, I I don't know, <laughs> but it's a good movie. It's fun. I really I enjoyed it. Um, Betty Gilpin is great in it. Uh, she, for those of you who know, she's in Glow and uh, other things. I'm, I don't remember anything else she's in, but she's she's a really great actress, and she kicks ass in this. So does Hilary Swank. Her mm-hmm. and Hilary Swank have a crazy fight scene, and it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, that's all I watched this week. Let's jump into okay. some news. Absolutely. Uh, so my news for this week, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, will not appear in the Matrix 4, and he was not approached to appear in the Matrix 4, um, which Wait. he has no bad blood about. Okay. Oh, uh, he's in John Wick now, so he doesn't even care. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, a, he's, got a, he's a storied actor. He's got so many, so many roles that he's been in, so many mm-hmm. uh, like incredible roles. Yes, the Matrix is just his most famous role, but, you know... He's fine with it, and, and yeah. if it's not like uh, they they went around. However, one of the reasons, like they're not, this reason has not been confirmed. But one of the reasons in this article I'm reading is dumb as shit, and it's because <laughs> his character dies in an online multiplayer game that the Wachowskis blessed as a continuation of the film storyline. Mm-hmm. So he died off screen in a video game that I hadn't even heard of up until this point. Interesting. And so th- that's just one of the reasons. That's not confirmed so wait, by the Wachowski at all. Lore? That's what that's, that's what, what the Wachowski saying? said when it came out. But they might have just said that to push 
push the uh the, okay. the thing more. I mean, that kind of happened with uh Pitch Black and um what's uh Yeah, true. What's the other one? Chronicles of Riddick yeah. where there's there was like a 30-minute animated thing that was canon even though no one saw it. Yeah. Um it's just weird. Uh I don't care enough about the Matrix sequel. Like, I'm going to see the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't care enough to really be that upset about it. That's just, if that is the reason, that's a very weird reason to me. I think the most exciting thing about Matrix 4 for me so far is that it was going to be in line with John Wick 4. Yeah. Um, now not so much. Now probably not going to be. Yeah. Um, Although I heard, and I could be wrong, I heard that uh, because theaters are opening up, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music is actually coming out in theaters. I don't oh. know how true that is. Maybe we'll get a lineup somewhere in there. With Legitimately Keanu. only heard it from a comment on Facebook. Yeah. So it could be complete bullshit. But yeah, I'm excited to see what the news is here for uh, some movies coming out and when they're going to be released. Yeah, I'm just excited to go back. You know, yeah. if I if they need me to wear a hazmat suit, I will purchase a hazmat mm-hmm. suit and go. I just want to be back in theaters. I want a reason to actually yell people for sitting close to me instead of just doing it and being the weird guy that does it. Because um, I don't like people sitting next to me <laughs> if they don't have to. And I never yelled at anyone, but I just gave them glares and then moved. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's word to the wise. If you're in an almost empty theater and you sit next to the only other person in the theater, you're an asshole. Um, it's true. Gotta give Unless it at least at you. least two rows buffer. At least, preferably more. But that is the like only time I won't be upset. True. <laughs> anyway, that's the news I had. What What do you have for news today? Um, for news for me, I saw a video game one, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna take that. Mm. And uh, so, Firewatch movie based on the 2016 video game is in development. Um, obviously, Firewatch is that um where you're like a a uh, forest yeah, you're like ranger. a forest ranger, and uh, I haven't played that, but I've seen playthroughs of it from uh, Markiplier. And it's a really good game. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous made game. It, it, it was interesting enough to keep me, who is not interested in video games at all, mm-hmm. and the only reason I watch Markiplier is because he's hilarious when he oh, freaks 100%. out. <laughs> um, but like that game was actually very intriguing to me, and I watched the entire series on yeah, it. Yeah, it's what's really cool about that game is it's such a simple story that even like the people who don't really play video games couldn't enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like completely abstract or anything like that. It's a simple story. Of, I don't want to spoil anything, but some things happen within this man's watch in the forest that uh, he comes across, and it gets really dark and sad. And like his little backstory is really sad too of why he's even being a forest ranger. It's yeah. a it's a really good game. I'm just debating whether or not in my head does it need a movie. Because I think the beauty of it is that you get to interact with such a small story, but it's so impactful in a way. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I don't think it'll be as impactful as the the video game. Yeah. Uh, I also don't think it it's really scaled to be a movie or anything. Yeah. I could see it being like a really cool, quiet, independent character study movie, mm-hmm. like from A24. True. Um where like there's a little bit of mystery in it that keeps you know the the people who didn't know what they're getting into intrigued yeah. and then there's uh the element of just kind of silent scenes just watching someone interact with the uh the the environment um so it could be Some good squirrels or turtles or anything yeah i'm sure because it's based off a video game they'll go like 
the horror or sci-fi or thriller aspect and yeah just especially with the uh, blow out the budget this the story at the uh the mid game to end yeah um they might go more thriller than anything yeah but it could be a really beautiful like independent film mm-hmm. uh that is just kind of i don't know exactly key. who they're going with yet as far as uh companies go yeah but i mean they seem to have what they want, I guess. Do they have any directors or casting in, attached yet? Um, to Snoot Entertainment, which uh, which is a production company built the roster of well-received indie films such as Blind Spotting and Little Monsters. So mm. there's hope. Oh, Little Monsters. Okay, Little Monsters. Uh, I'm thinking of something else. It's got a similar name, but Little Monsters yeah. is with Lapita Nyong'o, Josh Gad, and it's like a horror mm. comedy. Um so yeah, if they keep it small like that, it could be really good. But yeah. you know, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I mean that's that's really all I got. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping, like like you said, that it uh, they keep it small and they keep to the story because it it was a really good story, really cool yeah, story. And, I agree. Uh, it could do well in mm-hmm. the right hands, but that's a lot of video game movies, and but we know how those turn out, and that's what I'm most afraid of, right mm-hmm. there. But mm-hmm. that's it for me. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on to Rabbit Hole. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Rabbit Hole. Directed by John Cameron Mitchell, Rabbit Hole is about a life for a happy couple is turned upside down after their young son dies in an accident. forget that he's not here sometimes like maybe he's just hiding under the bed he's gonna pop out like he used to do he's trying to make things nice you can't all right i'm sorry things aren't nice anymore feels like maybe i don't feel badly enough for you maybe i'm not feeling enough something's gotta change I can't do this like this anymore. It's, it's too hard. You know, you had to take pauses, but you didn't trip over your words. I know. I, w- what tripped me up the most was in the beginning is, is about a life yeah, for I, a happy I, couple. I, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, but that's, oh. that's the key to public speaking is if you're reading something to pause if you find yourself about to stumble instead mm-hmm. of saying like, uh, or, or instead like of just going for it and then yeah. saying somebody's name. Yeah. I don't even know. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rabbit hole is written by, uh, David Lindsay, a bear, um, uh, based, on, uh, his based on his screenplay or I'm no, sorry, his, his play. His yes, yes, play, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the screenplay, uh, stars, Nicole Kidman, Aaron Eckhart, Diana Weist, um, Sandra Ho's in here that I completely forgot about last yeah, week. Sandra, and, Sandra and Giancarlo Esposito. Absolutely, and Miles Teller. Downing Town represent. Damn straight. <laughs> um, so fun, funny story. Okay, I've watched this movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me shit for having seen yeah, it last week. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it's it was one of those. So whenever I lived uh, at my dad's. Basically, the only channel that I really cared for was like HBO, and mm-hmm. this was one of those HBO movies that I watched, kind of just not paying attention. But I have seen it before, and it didn't click until I saw Miles Teller and Nicole Kidman having their interactions together. I'm like, I 
like at first I was like, I've seen the trailers for this. Yeah, I've seen the trailers for this. And then like they started having their interactions like, wait. I've Glenn. seen the whole damn movie. <laughs> have you seen this movie, you son bitch? <laughs> Turns out I, I have seen this movie. So this is going to be a fun podcast today. Yeah, I saw it. I feel like I was in college when I saw it back in 2011 or 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those movies. Uh, I was either on an Aaron Eckhart kick or a Nicole Kidman kick. Um, just kind of going through all their stuff. And yeah, for me back then it was Aaron Eckhart because that's he was pretty much fresh off of uh, The Dark Knight and I yeah. wanted to watch more of what he was in. Yeah, definitely. And his butt chin. And I tell you, this movie is depressing as all get out. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the plot itself just goes to show how depressing it is and it's it, just, yeah. it's it's... It's hard to watch people grieve, you know, even even in a film. It's it's just especially when you got such great actors who make it believable. Mm-hmm. And to see two forms of grieving meet head on and kind of conflict with each other, creating its own conflict in in the process. Yep. Uh and they're both kind of not letting each other grieve in the way they want to makes it that much harder to watch because it, it is it's it's one of those things where like you get where they're both coming from for the whole time, so you don't really take a side like you do with most movies. Yeah, and it, um, yeah. I was gonna say it's very tough to even pick a side because, like, Nicole Kidman's character is kind of being a dick about the way she's going about it. Yeah, but she's like trying to get rid of some stuff, not like red air quotes, but like you know, just kind of like put them away. And yeah. Aaron Eckhart and- is moving on. He's being more Slowly, passive about it, but, but, but he's, he's also he's like, not letting her getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah, he's not letting her grieve in her own way. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if he's more passive about it, it's just it's you get where they're both coming from. Like yeah. I completely understand why Nicole Kidman wouldn't want reminders of him everywhere. I completely understand why Aaron Eckhart would want reminders of him everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a very realistic depiction of a couple grieving and their forms of grieving conflicting with each other. It's, it's really wonderful uh, writing and directing from both David Lindsay, a bear and John Cameron Mitchell. Absolutely. Um, and, and of course, knockout performances, Nicole Kidman got nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, I, I'm surprised Aaron Eckhart didn't get nominated because there was, he had some scenes where he kind of stole it himself. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Especially when he was kind of just yelling that, like yeah, he came home and like everything's just not like there. He's like yeah, just yelling, and it was he, it was pretty powerful. That me. was a a rough uh, year for for actors. I mean, mm. I don't know if he'd be considered. I I would feel like he's considered a, a lead role, not a supporting. Yeah, uh, that year he was he would have gone up if by some chance they allowed six nominees. Colin Firth, who won for the King's Speech, James mm. Franco for 127 Hours, Javier Bardem for Beautiful, Jeff Bridges for True Grit, Jesse Eisenberg for The Social Network. And if it was supporting, he would have gone against Christian Bale for The Fighter, Jeffrey oh, Rush Jesus. for The King's Speech, <laughs> Jeremy Renner for The Town, John Hawks for Winner's Bone, and Mark Ruffalo for The Kids Are All Right. All right, I get it, Dan. So, yeah, like that, uh, I, I was, I, I'm still like, yeah. I'm not shocked, but it, it's just. He definitely that deserves was a, some more credit. Than, yeah, uh, that was a very rough year for anyone with a small movie like this true. to break through. And I mean, it, just those two together were great. Um, oh yeah, they they had a great great chemistry. Mm-hmm. He believed them as husband and wife, even though they 
were kind of fighting the entire time. Like it, yeah. it, it felt very real. Um, the one thing that I'm kind of conflicted about, like Aaron Eckhart in pre- preparation for this role, uh, pretended to be a grieving parent and went to one of those support groups to kind of hear people. Yeah. Which in one sense, like because he didn't tell them up front feels intrusive but I also understand why he yeah. he kind of that would be an oversight on his part. Like it's kind of a dick move, and I'm sure in hindsight he's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, so I'm a little conflicted about that. I I don't personally think that it's the worst thing any actor has done in order to pre- prepare for a role, but uh, it is extremely intrusive. But also in a way, it uh it paid off. Yeah, they I definitely would say that he probably should have gotten some sort of you know yes to that but uh yeah yeah like he, he definitely he, paid off he he killed it in this movie yeah. in my opinion uh definitely I'm sure, my favorite performance of his other than you know harvey dent absolutely I, uh, i'm sure that if he went around to enough support groups eventually they would have said yes but you know he 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 didn't do that so yeah but yeah it's it's a fantastic performance and i think it's well like hard work paid off just a little shady in the way he went about it but it's not Mm. you know worse things have happened i completely forgot in the middle of this movie that uh like the like interactions with miles teller and nicole kidman i was like what the fuck's going on here like i didn't put one plus one together that he was the one that you know accidentally killed his kid yeah their kid i i thought that they did that really well because you're kind of like why why is this maybe maybe it was just me being a college kid maybe it was just me being a college kid but i I just remember thinking like is she trying to fuck this kid yeah i was like what's going on and then i like slowly like slowly remembered what was going on i'm like oh Okay, Glenn. Yeah, get and your then mind he says, gutter, bud. <laughs> he says I might have been going a little fast, and you're yeah. just like, "What? Oh, right." But yeah, I mean, that didn't happen this time around, just because I did remember the plot and I remember Miles Teller's mm-hmm. part. But they they really do the a beautiful job with that, with uh, keeping his character or the audience in the dark with his character. Yeah, he was definitely um, mysterious until obviously you figured out what was going on with his. Oh yeah, yeah, and I I liked how, you know. It it would have been very easy for a writer to make him defensive and kind of lash out when, specifically when Aaron Eckhart's character lashes out at him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just like very passive the en- entire time, which really goes to show you that like he's a legitimately good kid who didn't even really make a mistake. Like he was maybe going two miles over the speed limit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, you know, bad wrong timing, place, wrong time, wrong place, wrong time, bad timing, uh, j- just a complete accident. Like there's no reason he should even be in prison with with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's it, it would have been so easy to make it. He's a bad guy yeah. and he killed this kid. But it, it's, it really gives a really a very touching understanding of people who are in that situation, who are often overlooked because they are the ones that caused the death, even though it yeah. wasn't really their fault. Um, it, it's it's some often overlooked the trauma that they go through, knowing that had they just gone down a different street or stopped somewhere along the way, then things would have been completely different. That's mm-hmm. a trauma that I feel like is often completely overlooked. Um, understandably so, because losing a kid is is 
more traumatic Awful. than that. But it, it's I, I really enjoyed that touch. Yes. Um, and Miles Teller performed it beautifully, in my mm-hmm. opinion. He did. Uh, I really like the way they incorporated the uh, the comic book too. Like they didn't like. Oh yeah, make it too big of a thing the whole time. Like, yeah, like I he, thought she was making it like just art for a little bit. Yeah, and then you find out he was doing it this whole time, and then, and then you like it, it wraps up at the end with like the the whole story and everything. Like I thought they didn't like make it like the biggest theme in the world. Like yeah, they casually nice did little. it during the movie, and like you got to see the end result with everything that happened there. Yeah, and instead of like a, a lot of less experienced writers would have been like oh uh it's they just wrote it in the scene where she talks about uh he explains it to her being uh about multiple timelines or multiple Mm -hmm. universes and she's like oh i kind of like that where there's there's a version of me out there that's just enjoying life yeah um a lot of unexperienced writers would have just thrown that in without building it up to begin with yeah and and they do it so beautifully here where you just see him putting together that picture that looks like trumpets that you kind of learn are magnifying glasses in a way that have abstract depictions of what that universe is for this family. Yeah. And it really just threads the theme throughout uh, in a very clean and smooth way um, that, you know, very few people would be able to do well. And, I don't want to say that. I'm sure there's other like there's others that would do it, but it, it, it's something that. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I know what you're saying. But yeah, yes. like if if you don't talk about a script, it's not something that would really come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't realize when you write a script, then you talk about the script pretty much until it's shot, just to make sure that like the themes and the the uh, subtext is are, is understood. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't just write it and go here, make this. <laughs> yeah. Um. What else I thought was really awesome about this movie mm-hmm. is there's a lot of comedic timing in it that, like, in, in movies like this, it feels forced, but there's a lot of comedic timing in this movie where it's just, like, a, g- a good chuckle instead of just, like, oh, ha-ha, slap your knee. Yeah. Like, there's just, there's little moments where, like, um, like, for instance, since we were just talking about it, with the comic book, um... Nicole Kidman and Miles Teller on the bench, and she's like, is this one character your dad? He's like, no, it's just an English teacher. You're reading too much into it. Yeah. (laughs) I I thought it was just funny. There's, like, a lot of moments in this movie where it's just lines delivered, and then they're they're just funny the way it happens because it's, it's like, such a dramatic movie that it's it's nice to see in this movie just a nice little kind of nudge joke, just, like, yeah, like people, people getting high in a car. Because yeah, yeah, and then they're, and, they're having fun. And I, I, I kind of to add to that, um, as terrible as it is, but kind of like poking fun at the people who revel in their rage, mm-hmm. uh, like at the support group uh, when they are high. Mm-hmm. There's that guy that's just like tonight's rage night. Yeah, and you guys know I'm more comfortable expressing rage, and then he just kind of like he just kind of even even though he had a kid that died of leukemia yeah he, he just seems like a douche nozzle not that he deserved or his his kid deserved to die no but it's just the way he's expressing himself you're just like okay dude like yeah, like even even if these guys are laughing like 
in my mind, there was so many different ways for people to grieve. And it's just like, I, at a certain point, you kind of just crack up. You're just like, yeah, in the head. Like, what are but we he, doing? He was just way? like, it's funny that my daughter died of leukemia or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, no, he was just like, he was making it all about him, which yeah. like I get, but he he's. He's one of those people that just because this terrible thing happened to him, no one else can have any any problems. Yeah. Which I which I think is what the uh, screenwriter was trying to comment on, mm -hmm. um, is that that there are people out there who are just like, oh, I had this major tragedy happen to me. No one else can ever complain about every anything in the world. Yeah. Um. And, and like, I, I don't think it was so much saying that like this guy. And I'm I know you didn't say this, but it, like it's not saying that this guy kind of deserves his pain. But it's just, it, it's kind of contrasting how Aaron Eckhart, Sandra Oh, and Nicole Kidman are grieving mm -hmm. versus this guy. Uh, not that there's any correct way to grieve, but yeah, there are better ways to grieve. That's, that's, that's the really cool thing about this movie is there's so many different forms of grief in this. Yeah. Even like the mother, like everybody, everybody in this film's got like a different form of it. And mm -hmm. they show it so well without making it seem like there's, you're being added with too many characters and too many plot lines it's just it's yeah. about aaron eckhart and and nicole kidman mm -hmm. and their life and then it kind of just everything develops so well within them yeah. like it, it, it just it's so it forms so perfectly in yeah my and and one thing we haven't really touched based on is uh Nicole Kidman's sister, uh, played by Tammy Blanchard, mm -hmm. um, she's pregnant throughout the majority of the film, and it, it's that I think that was a nice touch that uh, you know to to kind of see how Nicole Kidman's grief changes throughout, where in a way she's being overbearingly supportive of her sister, yeah, to the point where she refuses to stop when her sister asks her to stop and it turns into this awkward confrontation mm -hmm. um, where it's just like, if I could just help you take care of this baby, I can maybe move on from my, my baby. And, and, and that was, it was so subtle and so natural and in, in the way it's done. That's just kind of the running theme of this. It's a very natural, yeah. realistic depiction of the many forms of grief and how everyone has their own form of grief, whether they are straight, straight up victims like Nicole Kidman and Aaron Eckhart, or victims of circumstance like Miles Teller. Yeah, um, and it's just it's it's a movie that feels like it could feel like a long movie, but I mean, this is only ninety minutes long, but it still feels faster than that. Like, it, yeah, it, it, could, it goes could have really, at least even been fifteen minutes longer. Yeah, easy. yeah. Um, and and then it's not something where it has answers for you in the end either. Mm -hmm. They're they're just talking about what they're gonna do, and they're describing this this get together they're gonna have with their friends. And and then Nicole Kidman just says, "What do we do after they all leave?" And Aaron Eckhart just says, "I don't know." Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful because it doesn't it doesn't try to provide answers. It just says it's it's just saying you gotta try to move on. Yeah, and it's okay if you don't, but you gotta at least try which I thought was the most beautiful part of the entire thing is that it doesn't, so many movies like this try to provide answers or try to say something. And this isn't really saying they wanna, something. It's they want to give it to you. Yeah. It's not really saying something. It's just like, Hey, this is what it looks like. It's okay that there are no straight answers. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've never dealt with grief 
like they have probably the hardest grief I had to deal with was my childhood dog. And I'm sure, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I'm fairly positive that losing a child is worse than losing a dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although he was my child, damn it. He was my baby. Yeah. But it's a, it's a brilliant movie. It's extremely well done. Um, and, and keeps you in, interested the entire time. I think if, if I had to, if I had to pick out any flaws, I wish they spent more time with maybe Aaron Eckhart, um, like trying to interact with some of the kids' things. Um, they had yeah. they had the phone, and then Nicole Kidman accidentally deleted it, and then they had that scene at the end where he was like sleeping in his kid's bed. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of it in comparison. Like I. I mean, besides the paintings in the fridge, I just wish he spent more time with it. But if, like, I'm trying I, I to point agree. out a flaw, which yeah. I don't want to do, but... Yeah, and like, like I said, if he's not considered a leading role, he would be a supporting yeah. role. Uh, this is definitely Nicole Kidman's movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could equally be at, just about both of them because he's a, a significant part. But I agree that that is probably the biggest flaw if not the only flaw yeah and that's that's like um, that's literally not even a big flaw cuz there was yeah. there was plenty of interaction there yeah it's it's 100% nitpicking at this point yeah. like <laughs> I, I just wanted <laughs> i just wanted more <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think it could have been beautiful to like you said see him interact with the pictures yeah. uh maybe go down into the basement after she put the stuff in the basement mm-hmm. um when he particularly felt like he was missing his son yeah um and then you even you even had a really good scene with the dog but uh yeah heartbreaking at first but then it was like completely heartbreaking at second yeah yeah and i'm uh, glad it i'm glad it ended the way that scene ended the way it did because it like it made you really not like him for a second but then you quickly remember that he's a grieving man yeah um grieving father and and you kind of forgive him, but and also that dog should not dog. have a long leash like that. No, that dog is Especially way too hyper. If, you've, if it just you know ex- accidentally killed your son. Yeah, um, but I mean that's, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, so with that being said, let's move on to the judgment show. Mm, please, Daddy. Glenn, this is your choice. So, will this be a shelf boy? You know, I really, really have a hard time seeing this on any shelf that's, you know, worthy of any note besides glory and fame. I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this movie's killer, especially if, like, you've been through any grief in your life. I mean, I've never lost a child, but I've been through grief plenty of times. Um, this is definitely a great movie for mm-hmm. almost anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It is uh it's very well done. You 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 look at the plot line and you're just like, I don't know if that's like gonna keep me interested for ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. But it really paces itself well and and evolves throughout the film to kind of change it up, uh, even though it is about the same thing the entire time. And Yeah, it's uh, not just like a Debbie Downer of a movie. It's got like comedic yeah. moments and just like they're all it's a good movie. Yeah, and in the end, it makes you glad about life in a way. Yeah. Uh, so I would agree that it does belong on the shelf along with Apostle and Handmaid. <laughs> and Handmaid. <laughs> and others, of course. I think we're up to like 40-something now. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch um, on there. We yeah, need to update that list. I, I, I was kind of embarrassed because I thought that that list was uh, 
you know, we've only had 67 episodes and, and we already have that many movies. But then I remembered like the first half of our episodes were two movies each. Yeah. So it's really not that much. <laughs> I mean, we're doing pretty good. Considering yeah, we're doing so pretty good. So Rabbit Hole makes it onto the shelf. It becomes a shelf boy and is on a mountain of film reels with the little boy saluting. <laughs> To I'm waiting for like the future when we get like a little animation thing going on and it's just a kid just like there's got a there's a flag but the flag's a shelf. Yeah, if Somebody anyone's listening and wants to do that. A, f- a flag that's actually a bookshelf. Yeah, if anyone wants to do that, feel please, free. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, we we will accept that. But uh yeah, that that uh brings us to our plugs for next week. Glenn, because it is your week, you go first for plugs. Okay. What is your plug? Uh, I actually just saw this I think yesterday. Um, so Space Jam, A New Legacy is that new LeBron James Space Jam movie, otherwise known as basically Space Jam 2. A lot of people don't want it to happen. I'm not going to lie when I say I don't want it to happen, but I remember how impactful it was for my childhood, the first mm-hmm. one, and I'm not going to deny if it's going to make an impact on like a bunch of other kids here in this Zoomer world that we've got now. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is going to be the first ever look at LeBron James and his Space Jam movie. And basically all it is is just him walking in his Space Jam outfit. Ooh. So it's well, like Space a 40 Jam. second thing. Yeah, Space Jam for me was the first movie that I watched that I was interested in how they made it. Mm-hmm. Cause back then I knew that like cartoons and and live action were separate. Yeah. Um. I was a little old enough to to know that there's a difference. Um. And I really wanted to. So so Space Jam has a really special place in my heart because of that. Uh. It's one. I, I when people ask me like what movie made me become want to become a filmmaker, there's probably like anywhere between three or five. Um, the Mummy being one of them, yep. Space Jam being one of them, and then uh, a lot of people are surprised when I say this, but the writing in the village is great. I don't Absolutely. care what anyone else says. Like you might not like the movie, but the dialogue in it is beautiful. Um, so that is one of the other movies. But that that has nothing to do with my plug. My plug uh, is in celebration of movie theaters opening. Uh, by the time this comes out, they would have opened. Regal theaters would have opened. Uh, a over the weekend. Yep. For about four or five days. Four or five days. And uh, so one of the films playing at Regal Cinemas that are open is the sequel to Train to Busan, which I mentioned earlier. You know what's funny? Hmm. I know you're about to do your plug, but I passed that poster today and I was literally baffled. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. I when, had no idea. When, uh, what, why, how? I, I had no idea that they were releasing it in theaters. I thought it was going to be like a straight to streaming thing. Yeah. Um, but it is not. It is Peninsula, uh, which is trained to Basan 2. It, it's, it's, it's not, it's in the same universe. It's the yeah. only cinematic universe that I will allow to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it is, uh, yeah, that's going to be in theaters. So Peninsula official trailer 2, trained to Basan Two zombie movie trailer. <laughs> you get the truck, come back with the money. 
That's $2.5 million per head. If you come back alive. On, yes. on, uh, so on YouTube. question earlier, uh, we've got a poster of it. <laughs> we got a poster of it? I don't know if we're uh, getting it or not, though. I, I know that they're playing. I think they're going to be playing it in IMAX because King of Prussia is playing it in IMAX. Okay. But that is my plug for this week. That brings us to our assignment for next week in Glenjamin Button. Mm-hmm. We've done my movie. We've done your movie. And now is the time for Netflix Roulette. Time, time. For those time. of you who don't remember or this is your first time listening, Netflix Roulette uh, every third week, we ha- we let Netflix Roulette decide. Uh, we do the spinning three times, and we pick whichever of the three we want to watch. The rules are that it has to be released at least a year ago. And, uh, yeah, that's really the that, only that's rule. That's pretty much the rule. <laughs> we used to have more rules, but then it got too complicated. So those are the only rules. So without any further ado, here comes... The first spin. I guess technically the other rule has to be it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's also on Netflix. <laughs> but I mean, so it is the world is yours. A small time dealer dreams of another life but can't afford it. To escape, he must accept one last job involving Spain, drugs, the Illuminati, ooh, oh. and his overbearing mother. Uh, it's directed by Romaine Garvis. It is written by Kareem Bukercha and uh, adapted by him. Uh, also written by Noah Debre and Germaine Garvis. It is starring Kareem Leclou, Isabel Adjani, Vincent Castle. Hey, that's a name I know. And Olaya Ma- uh, Amara. Uh, let me just click on this to make sure that it is indeed there. We've been kind of screwed over in the past where... Okay. The world is yours is definitely on there. So that is spin number one. The world is yours. All right. I believe it to be a Spanish film, like from Spain, Spanish. Uh, let me just check. Ooh, Fran- French. It's a French film. So screw my first comment. Here comes spin number two. The Black Prince 2017. The Black Prince, 2017, is a story of Queen Victoria and last king of Punjab, Maharaja Dulip Singh. His characters, his character as it evolves, torn between two cultures and facing constant dilemmas as a result. Uh, that This is way too long of a summary for me to continue. So yeah, that, that is, is a it. lot. Yeah, it's about Queen Victoria and the last king of Punjab, uh, which is in India, I'm assuming. Um I'm fairly certain it's in India. It is written and directed by Kavi Raz. It is starring Jason Fleming, Amanda Root, Joe Egan, Shabana Azmi, and I'm just trying to find the guy who actually plays the king because he's not on here yet. And I feel like we should probably name him. I can't find him. It's probably not even under name. That's or like dumb. under king. Yeah, I'm sure he's here. I just, it, you know, for the sake of time. Yeah. So that is The Black Prince. That is also on Netflix. Oh, uh, so The World is Yours has a 6.4 on IMDb and a 73 Metacritic score. The Black Prince is a 6.5 on IMDb and no Metacritic. Oh, 26 Metacritic score. Oh. Ooh. And then here comes our third spin. A Sprinter 2019. <laughs> 
Uh, also 2018. Uh, it says 2019 on Netflix, 2018 on IMDb. Uh, it is about a boy separated from his mother who moved to the U.S. for a better life is set to be Jamaica's next track and field sensation. So cool runnings without the oddity, oddity of uh, a Jamaican bobsled team. Um, this is a... Uh... Quite a lineup we've got. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, written and directed by Storm Salter, uh, also based on the characters by Robert A. Mailer. It is starring Lorraine Toussaint, David Allen Greer, that's random, uh, Bryshear Y. Gray, Chantal Jackson, Dale Elliott, etc., etc. Usain Bolt is in there. He plays himself. Um, it has a 6.1 IMDb score. And just looking because I missed it this last one no metacritic score so those are our three choices we have a movie about a jamaican sprinter the last king of punjab and his relationship with queen victoria or a small time dealer i guess drug dealer or maybe car dealer i don't know they're not very not very uh I'm going to say drug dealer because they say, say there's small there's time. drugs in there. there is the no big time card dealer at a casino well there might be I don't know um so those are our choices. Mm. This is interesting. I I I don't know. I think the should we break our rule and spin it one last time? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. Um I'm just trying um, to decide whether I want to do a political drama uh drug movie or a sports movie. <laughs> Just because it has Vincent Castle, I am leaning more towards the world is yours, but I not so much that I am not willing to hear your arguments if you have any. I I mean, I don't mean to push Sprinter out of the way, but I really don't care for a sports movie. Uh, I do in in the right sense, but I, you know, I don't care well, enough I'm, about I'm at, well, running. More or less this week, to be honest. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> At least, yeah. com- at least compared to the other two. Um, yeah, so Sprinter is eliminated. We are down to The World is Yours and The Black Prince. But I think I was actually leaning more to The Black Prince than I was The World really? is Yours. Really? Mainly because when is the last time we did a political... Uh, I guess uh, Suffragettes was yeah. the last one. What was the last drug? Well, fuck it. The World is Yours. The World is Yours? Yeah. All right, so The World is Yours is our film for next week uh, i already described the film and directors and such so i'm not gonna do that at glenn glenn glenn, a glenn, glenn, glenn. again a glenn again <laughs> the world is yours that is available on netflix for all of those who want to watch it before listening to next week's podcast as always you can check out our website www.film oh, oh god filmschool.com <laughs> www.keystonefilmreview.com on instagram keystone underscore film underscore review twitter keystone underscore film facebook keystone film review and on letterbox i am mike kfr and i am glenn kfr and that, that was beautiful Thank and you. that will do it until next week when we watch the world is yours which i'm sure is exactly how they say it in the movie and i'm pretty sure the world isn't his if the illuminati is involved <laughs> mm, you're right it's mm. the illuminati's netflix sponsor us netflix sponsor us illuminati sponsor us both i'll take money from anyone They're probably at this the point. same I people have, <laughs> i have no shame at this point goodbye everybody bye